just, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I thought I. So are they two different? Are you trolling me? What is happening? <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate 81 Yes, the star date actually means something. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she still can't say Quadra Triticale, it's Ambassador Danae. No, no, I can't, and I won't. That reminds me of that thing that you showed me, things I can't say correctly, Cerrito Burrito. And then yes. you showed me that thing. I was on Discord. So uh-huh. on our Captain's Pod Discord, which is inside of our CinemaSins Discord, for those of you interested, CinemaSins, uh, no, sorry, discord.gg slash CinemaSins will get you there. Seamless. Somebody posted a picture of, will you, you, will you tell it? Because I can't remember it all very mm. well. So it's a picture from, there's a Lower Decks mobile app game thing. Um, and there's a picture of a Cardassian on it that says, oh, you must be from the USS Burrito. And they obviously shared this in Captain's Pod uh, in the in the Discord channel because Danae has to call it the Burrito. You, you can't call it anything else. Yeah. And it's nice to think that maybe one of the, the app writers <laughs> listens to the show, but I think it's uh, a common thing. Uh, uh, my instinct is that a lot of people call it the Burrito. It is super fun to think, though, that maybe somebody who is a Star Trek fan, maybe a writer of the show or something, does listen to us. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It would be amazing. I know we've had people on the show and we've had some amazing interviews, but I always wonder, like, do they actually listen? Are they enjoying themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Those famous people don't matter as much as everybody else because we've been Hell getting yeah. some emails lately of people who have been really sad to listen to our show because they've caught up on the backlog <laughs> they have nothing else to listen it's to it's one of the best it's, it's one of the best emails isn't it? i don't have anything to listen to produce more content i'm trying <laughs> we're trying we're so sorry thank you <laughs> speaking of which we do have an, an email this week in that vein so let's head over to some emails <laughs> Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. This comes from, and I apologize in advance, it is Squalina. 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 My experience of your show probably matches Danae's experience with Star Trek at this point, getting the hang of it after enjoying a fistful of episodes. I've decided to go back and start your show from scratch, re-watching oh. each episode of Star Trek before I listen to your podcast. Oh! <gasps> I find this a great way to engage with the show and revisit some great and rather sinful Star Trek moments. Heck yeah, that is our oh mission. Oh my god, that's really fun. So it's like a choose your adventure, watch along, Captain's Pod style. Heck yeah. Oh, hey, that's, that's the awesome. goal. We end up with 1,200 episodes of Captain's Pod, one for every episode. Oh no. <laughs> 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 just aged. <laughs> How old will I be when that happens? Ancient. Um, as I was compiling a list of all the Star Trek slash Captain's pods episodes i have left to enjoy i noticed you haven't visited a single episode of enterprise yet this has been mentioned a few times so i didn't want to address it it's great you're finally going back to tos to give danae a taste but i may but may i also highly recommend every episode of enterprise that features everyone's favorite andorian commander shram um so so you know agamus who is wait give me a second agamus is one of the evil ais that's in lower decks 
Um, it's in like this rectangular cube thing, and it was the, the one, one that falls that... in love with Peanut Hamper. Exactly, that's okay, the okay. one. So that's voiced by Jeffrey Combs, Combs, Jeffrey Combs, who has been in so many different iterations of Star Trek, usually as a recurring alien or something like that. So he's like kind of after Deep Space Nine, uh, Enterprise went way, 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 way back into the past, and he plays an Andorian, and he's amazing. So that's Commander Schramm. Um, yeah, and specifically, can I recommend the Andorian incident? So Enterprise is really good. I've I've mentioned this before that it had like kind of a bad rap, but it's really it, I really really enjoy it. I'm hesitant to get the ambassador into it just yet because just Star Trek new stuff overload. Because as much as TOS is different from TNG, DS9 is different from TNG and TOS. Enterprise is on its own on an island a hundred years before the original series so 200 odd years before tng so we're still using paper and pens yeah it's basically yeah exactly it's still in the future but it's so different and it's so much its own thing that i want to do a good job of introducing it and would probably do a few episodes back to back so it it is going to happen it just may not be for a little while because it's like introducing you to an entirely it is introducing you to an entirely new show so i want to be careful about when we do this stuff i do have to say also though just real quickly that if we did one episode a week it would be like 23 years to do 1200 yeah, episodes that sounds so right. we will have to release more than one episode a week um, eventually yeah. eventually if we're gonna actually <laughs> try to watch them all <laughs> but oh, how boy. crazy we should have started would this much sooner to be so out of order like our we got an email that's like or we got a message someone was talking about us doing them out of order mm. not realizing kind of the format of the show and, and how it's working so ian was kind of trying to explain it and i thought yeah how weird is it <laughs> to, yeah we're really not a weird. normal watch along podcast we're we're doing it well, based on instinct recommendation and conversation <laughs> what's amazing is that we are a watch along podcast until we're not because we <laughs> yeah. do the watch along for the live show and then just like scatter shot we like star trek yeah um yeah. yeah but i also i think that's one of the beauties of the show is that we can dive in and pick the best of star trek um in my opinion <laughs> in my subjective opinion uh-huh, uh-huh. and skip some of the sketchy stuff but yeah, I, I hope that logic makes sense, Squalina. We're we're going. We will be doing some enterprise. I haven't got a clue when and how to introduce it, but we will at some point. But I think we're going to carry on with a bit of TOS um, after this jaunt into Deep Space Nine. Okay, Danae, we had a bit of a break for Thanksgiving. Uh, so last week we had an awesome interview with David Ellis. Woo-hoo! The week before that we had the trouble with Tribbles, your first um, experience with TOS. This week we're doing a kind of follow-up episode which is diving into Deep Space Nine Trials and Tribulations. Let's, I mean, first of all, let's have your thoughts about getting back to Deep Space Nine and then um, your big and specific predictions. Okay, um, I'm nervous to go back to Deep Space Nine because it's a <laughs> it's a different sort of Star Trek world and we're jumping in and out it feels like we're have a portal gun rick and morty style and we're just going in and out of different yeah we're into dimensional cabling our star trek but let me just call let me just say i'm fine it's gonna be fine (laughs) and that's what counts if you guys at home aren't enjoying this don't worry danae is fine this is either an experiment of how not to introduce your friends to star trek or it's an example of following the conversation and the instinct and just sort of having fun and so i think it makes sense that we're going to be following the tribble trail um i I wonder after the tribble trail is done 
which may just be this two episodes, are we going to do another weird creature one? Is this like a creature season that we're doing? So, because it definitely seems like we're focusing on the weird critters, uh, maybe they have to be hairy. Maybe it's hairy critter season, guys. Um, mm-hmm. So, perhaps, perhaps we're going to go into a deep dive on hairy critters. Hey, if you want to do hairy critters, I can find some episodes of hairy critters. <laughs> Moving on to the, the second question, the second part. So, I'm okay. I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm here for the experience as as always. But then the big and then small predictions. My big prediction. I mean, I can't really say that it's going to include triples because that feels like a cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that would be cheating. So my big prediction is going to be that it involves a traitor again. I feel like mm. this person that sort of shows up at a space station to to trade things is is going to be the wink and the nod, like. If you were watching Deep Space Nine and you had never seen TO or like you had seen TOS and this happens, you'd be like, oh, my mm. God, that's how it happened in the first, you know, in Trouble with Troubles. So I feel like that'd be kind of a cool thing. My very specific one. Oh, I, I also was told some stuff. I remember a couple of weeks ago when we did the show that mm-hmm. uh, there was something about Worf. And his history with a Tribble War, which I still feel like you guys are trolling me about. So I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I really don't. The trolling with Tribbles. The tro- yeah, the trolling with Tribbles. <laughs> so um, my oddly specific thing is that Worf is going to see a Tribble and have an emotional reaction. If it's supposed to be oddly specific. So he's going to have camera zoom to face where his eyes get big and maybe he's like get squinty and as he's sort of reacting emotionally to a tribble i want to believe that he's so frightened he like lets out a toot but that's never happened in star trek i'm pretty sure <laughs> he's not farting on screen that is not i don't happen. know that there's ever been a fart in the history of star trek okay i love those predictions this is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. It's one of my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine for sure. Wow. Um, I, I I cannot talk about this episode without potentially spoiling it. Um, I clearly can't have any predictions. So let's head over to the holodeck, um, get this episode going, and we'll see you all in 10 forward for a debrief. Two to be out. I want to walk. Tough. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just watched together. Most important question first. What is your beverage of choice? Don't ask for Rectogeno because I don't know what it is. It hasn't been invented yet. Well, let's just not call anything that sounds like rectum anyway. Rectum <laughs> Gino. It doesn't sound like rectum. That did. It sounded like rectum Gino. Rectogeno. Rectogeno. It's a, it's a Klingon coffee beverage. Well, for somebody who doesn't want me to ask about it, you sure do want to talk <laughs> yeah, about no, it No, I, I walked into that. I did. That's my fault. I want fish juice, hot oh, fish juice. I don't know. I don't want anything now because I'm just going to vomit. Give us a synopsis. Oh, my God. Well, what are you having? You didn't say what you were having. No, I don't. You just I you put me off. Warm fish juice put me off. But that's a Kardashian. Yeah. Kardashian. Cian or Cian? Cian. Cian. Kardashians are the other ones. Kardashian. Oh yeah. my god, are you one, serious? One is a group of reptile-like creatures that feed off society and are really, really horrible. The other ones are the alien species in Star Trek. <laughs> what? Way. Is this just is just it was that something for the nerds? No, that was some Kardashian bashings bashing. So what I so what I did is that I described the Kardashians in a really, really horrible way, but shifted okay. that to be about the Kardashians. I just I don't <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. I thought I. So are they two different? 
Are you trolling me? What is happening? So, do you, do you know the Kardashians? Sians. Can, you the, said that they were Sians. Right, no, but the Americans, the, the, the TV show Kardashians. Oh. Two different things. Kardashians. <laughs> there we go. Now I get it. My goodness. Give us a synopsis quick. <laughs> I was about to get really mad at Star Trek. Like, why do you have two different aliens that are so similar? So you thought I was describing two different aliens. Oh, no. And you have you have the entire... You can make up anything you want and you put two that are so... so I genuinely didn't get it. This That's is amazing. Okay. This I is don't beautiful. have to do everything. This, has been the, this is the best. Hot, hot fish juice. Yeah. Uh, synopsis of today's episode is that we wanted to... Do a Forrest Gump. And so DS9 Forrest Gumped its way yep. through the trouble with troubles. A little That's, bit. A little bit. That is what has happened. Um, and in today's episode, the, ca- the cast, the crew of Deep Space Nine Station Defiant, I don't know no. what they are. But it doesn't matter. This is my description of yep. what I think I'm I not going to help. They accidentally find themselves back in space because the human Klingon which is not explained very well at all in this episode, um, decides to push a button or something and launch them back in time. Why? Because he wants to blow up the Tribble Station to become a hero, even though he would have died and no one would have known that he was a hero anyway. Yeah. That's a sin for later that I'll forget about that I just thought of. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fun part of this episode is that we get to rewatch last week's episode pretty much all over again. <laughs> you get to watch it twice. But this time with characters that you love if you've watched Deep Space Nine. For those of us who haven't watched Deep Space Nine, it was rewatching the episode again with new people shuffled in like a deck mm. of Star Trek mm-hmm. cards. Seamless. Well, we find out that they saved the day, though, and that's okay. And now we have the most burning question of Star Trek answered. How were the Tribbles falling out of the Tribble hole in last week's episode? Now we know. We often, in content, we dip back into origin stories that we don't need. And that was the only one in Star Trek I ever needed answered. And they did it. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing. Well, did you... uh, I mean, I know the answer to this. Did you like this episode of Star Trek, Danae? I did. I had a really good time on this episode. Isn't which it fun? There was a couple of times I was, I checked to see how much longer we had. It mm-hmm. did get a little bit long for me. Mm-hmm. A couple of times I felt like the dip in the in the yeah. momentum. Um, but it's really easy to tell that this is going to be a fan favorite. Oh, yeah. For anyone who loves Deep Space Nine and TOS, obviously, because they're taking the characters from this one and they're putting them into an epic episode from the original series so Mm -hmm. it was really delightful it was fun to see how they used technology to insert their characters into the original series episode Mm -hmm. that was really delightful like the first moment that they beam on board and they're in that new filter Uh not just the clothes but like the new filter stuff they're just loving it was a real delight and then you know you're watching them fumble their way through old technology and there's just some really funny beats in this one. There's some good humor. And you don't have to know the crew to catch what their personalities Correct. are doing. Yeah. Um, I think a burning question that people who have listened to every episode of Captain's Pod and 
are familiar with the last time that I watched a Deep Space Nine episode, mm. the, the, those people, I'm talking to yeah. you, I still don't like Dax. No, to be fair, this isn't her shining moment. She's kind of... She's so fucking horny. <laughs> She's very horny in this episode. <laughs> um, that is her defining character trait in this. It's like, oh, I had a thing with him. Oh, I had a thing with him. Oh, isn't he attractive? Yeah... She got to use her brain. She did the calculations. I mean, yeah, that was impressive. She does no math. That was nice. Um, it wasn't like I don't I don't hate her as much as I I did last time I saw her, mm-hmm. but I That's haven't good. warmed to her entirely. No, she's just like a little. Uh, she's like a kid. She's like a kid that had to be led away from every candy aisle. Mm-hmm. And so. I think because she's like a thousand years old. Or, no, I think she's like three hundred years old or something. Everything is a little trivial to her. Like, everything is a little bit, this will pass. Like, this will come and go. I've been through this. Aren't you people with your short lifespans really funny? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, this is a, this is such a fun episode. It was the uh, kind of like 30th anniversary tribute to Star Trek. So they knew they wanted to do this going in. Um, and it's just incredible, some of the stuff that they managed to pull off in 1996. I don't know if you meant to do this, but it was actually inspired by Forrest Gump. And... They, I, how would I do that on purpose? I have no idea what fair. this stuff is. <laughs> this came out two years after Forrest Gump, um, and it was inspired by that technique. But it was like, we're not going to do a ton of behind the scenes stuff, but from what I've read, it was painstaking. They got the original original negatives from that episode. They upscaled them to look better, downscaled some of the Deep Space Nine stuff. I mean, let, let's dive into that. So one of my favorite moments from the episode was redoing the bar fight. And... <laughs> Danae was just giggling throughout the the bar fight on on the space station and O'Brien and Bashir getting stuck in the middle of it as well and Worf and Odo and as we get towards the end of the bar fight Danae's like they're gonna be in the briefing they're gonna get told off by Kirk are they gonna be in the lineup and I'm like hush shush shush just wait just wait (laughs) how they did that was so clever it's so seamless it's so 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 good yeah it was really really fun there i remember watching forrest gump for the first time and it was such a delight to see this character Mm. fumble his way through history and be in these historic moments as this sort of side character that would be in the background Mm -hmm. and in this case it was the same you know the same kind of thing where odo is painted or like brought in digitally somehow this beautiful merger into the background while in the foreground you see um uh uhura you know falling in love with the tribble for the first time and there's odo in the background and it was really, really special. I thought it was a really neat thing. And even though it's painstaking, like sometimes you say yes to a project and then in hindsight, <laughs> you, I shouldn't have done this. You just don't realize you're the undertaking. Like when you buy a house without really getting a great inspection and then you mm-hmm. pull up the floors and you realize you have to do. <laughs> so oh, I got some much. work to do. Yeah. Apparently the hardest one was the scene towards the end where um, Kirk is on the bridge and he's getting pissy at all of the tribbles and Dax is just walking in the background and Kirk turns to her, kind of does the, the shrug thing and Dax does a, re- a reply shrug. Apparently that was the hardest one to actually get right. Because the timing I just has love to that be they did right. It. The timing's got to be yeah. perfect. The lighting is one of the hardest things to get right in these things as well. It just, it's, I can't imagine it being done any better today. Like, if you get that wrong, it's so, so distracting. But uh, well, yeah, I've got to say, it's worth it. That's it's part so of the, great. the beauty of it, too, is you've got 
so okay there's sometimes when we get really distracted by like the writing um because it's really well written and so we're like not distracted that's not the right word well sometimes it is distracting i'm meaning more we focus on the writing as a really good Mm. script or a really good acting choice like somebody just it to camera has this most beautiful reaction on screen we talk a lot about that or the Mm -hmm. set design which we could talk about here the set design is fantastic oh for sure recreate this element but rarely do we remember the cameraman the person that's trying to make sure the lighting is correct and in an episode like this when there's so many of those details that matter when you're trying to match something that was created in the 60s that's so fun to think about somebody in the chat mentioned that there was a camera lens that was used that was actually the ones that they used in the 60s to help create that effect so to, to, for those people to have this beautiful craft that they're doing and then they get to use this old camera, it's almost reminiscent of the Deep Space Nine characters really enjoying their calm materials and, you know, like they're they're really having a fun time in this episode using those older things where like we can't really make it bigger because then we'll set off an alarm or uh-huh. when Cisco goes to tap his calm badge. <laughs> oh, I lose that every time <laughs> because it's so confident. He just goes slap. And there's like a few seconds where he's just like, why isn't anybody talking to me? And then pulls out his communicator. It's but so can natural. can we talk about my prediction before Let's we get it. too Let's much further it. in? Because so, I, once again, am amazing. Janae's pretty good. Mind. She's pretty spooky with this stuff. <laughs> um, she has the antenna for it. Danae's overall prediction was that it involves a traitor again. But this time, because we've shifted from K7 to Deep Space Nine, they're both space stations, the traitor would be on Deep Space Nine. So it's more of a mirror episode rather than re-inhabiting it. So if you'd have guessed that the same traitor exactly was involved, I'd have given that you that. That would have been crazy. It's so Yeah, great. I don't think I got the overall prediction. I assumed that it would be Tribbles on Deep Space Nine, although that does happen. So I think I might be able Indeed. to get a half point. No. Um, your very specific prediction was that Worf will see a Tribble and have a camera zoom to the face, his eyes get big and then squinty. There was a half zoom. There was 100% a zoom. When Odo pulls out the triple, we do get a zoom on his eyes as he reacts. So I think you did really well. You did really, 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 really well. I was freaking out. I was like, here it comes, here it comes. He's reacting to he the triple. It. And it's funny because I had just remembered that we talked about a mention in Deep Space Nine from Worf about this triple war situation. And so that is what prompted it. What was really fun is that scene was in that same moment when he's explaining the history of mm-hmm. the triple battle and he's getting some shit from Odo. So <laughs> I love that so much. Like how did <laughs> What were you? What were you expecting? Because you you were giggling so hard when the waitress <laughs> comes along and says that like says the Klingons and Odo Bashir and O'Brien are like, what do you mean Klingons? I don't see any Klingons, <laughs> and they all just turn to Worf because they're like, that ain't you, my friend. What's going on? Like, wow, you were the, giggling at that moment. There are some humor punches in this episode that really got me, and it's because we just watched the other episode yes. that I really like. I'm super familiar. If this of was course. months, even, you know, years removed, I don't think it would have had the same impact mm-hmm. on me whatsoever. Plus, we have really interesting conversations on this show and like in the chat and our live shows. So there's a lot of like little trivia that I learn. And so I'm, I'm sitting here and I know we've talked about Klingons looking different. And we talked about that last week and that it's just sort of this nebulous explanation. But seeing it all. There's something really fun about dropping into a series. Yeah. And it's clear that in season five, 
this crew and these actors are in sync with each other. Yes. They're pacing with each other, the humor, the back and forth, the way that they talk together. It feels really real and normal and like an everyday sort of a thing. So mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling awkward and displaced. I was just like dropping into their universe. But what was interesting is they were dropped into another universe too. So yes. it was like there was a little bit of shared like what's going on vibe between me and the characters. But I also understood the reference, so I was very grounded. And so it really helped this episode sing for me. And those humor moments mm-hmm. um, are definitely one of them. Also, getting to see their love, like we talked about uh, Cisco using the tricorder. He was so giddy and happy, so it was fun to see these characters have oh my goodness. a good yes. time they're being while the they're doing this. They're being the fans of Star yeah. Trek while they're in it. It's <laughs> such, a, such a great way to pay tribute on like an anniversary. Uh, and so that fun. humor hit for me the humor of the doctor in the turbo lift with o'brien when he's thinking he's oh in goodness. some sort of a paradox where he has to <laughs> fuck his ancestor <laughs> kills me literally explaining the grandfather paradox to o'brien O'Brien's just like i don't care we're but not it was, doing this it was so funny because somebody the the humor beat was that the their their ship whatever the, the defiant defiant says are you ready to be beamed in and o'brien's like we sure are <laughs> like, like, he was so frustrated and i just this this nuance between these characters mm-hmm. like Worf and odo and o'brien and the doctor and, and then you've got cisco and horny they're just really like it's just all kind of sing on these levels then they come together in this beat mm-hmm. in this moment where they're sitting and i know there's a bar fight i know yeah. these things are happening here and when <laughs> when klingons are brought up I was like, oh, please, like, you have to do something you have about to. And they all just sort of like, sl- they're like Klingons. Where are the Klingons? And I'm giggling because I'm like, hey, I get that because that was my reaction reference. last yes. time. And then they look around and then the lady's like, you guys have had too much to drink. They're right over there. <laughs> Camera glances over. Joke sits in. But then they all slowly like you could hear like a creaking uh-huh. of their necks like, like look over at Worf. Worf just trying to disappear. It was so funny. And it was like Worf was representing the canon of the series. Yes. Like, we just don't. We don't want to talk about this. We and don't he talk literally about it. says, I can't talk about it. <laughs> like, we, don't we, we don't talk about, about it with outsiders. <laughs> yeah. So when I watched this as a kid, like very, very young, I was like, finally, because it had always bugged my child brain that they look different. Like now, now I know mm-hmm. I understand logically why they look different. But for the show to internally address it, I was always like, in my brain, the TOS Klingons do look like TNG Klingons to everybody in the universe. They have right. ridges, they have different uniforms. It's purely because we're in different times that they look different. But them being there and acknowledging that no, these look like humans. I'm just like, well, I can't ignore that. That's in the universe that they look different. And I was like, well, it's fine because Wolf's going to explain it and I'll finally have an answer. It's (laughs) so funny because (laughs) when they look over and they're like, are those Klingons? They are. They are. He was almost reluctant. reluctant. And then then they're like, what happened? (laughs) They're so concerned. (laughs) Genetic engineering? You know, Uh and this is right after the beat of I think O'Brien being incredibly confident that it was Kirk sitting at the adjacent table oh, when it was not. Excellent. It's so just these great. silly things that they sprinkle in. Yeah. It it did a bit set me off because I'm like, I'm I feel the clock of this mm-hmm. the, the entire premise of this episode is that this spy survived this moment a hundred some years ago. 
He was trying to usurp this moment. He's in the original episode. He survives that. He's been in hiding for over 100 years mm-hmm. until an opportunity struck to go back in time and change the outcome so he's a hero instead of an outcast. That's kind of the premise of this episode. And it just gets lost in the fan fun. And that's okay. Yes. Uh-huh. But there's a casualness and like a giddy, like like Cisco is essentially in Disneyland. Oh, and, all of them are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're, and Dax is like, let's go visit this area. And yeah. Forget the mission. I want to meet my buddy, yeah. Koloff, <laughs> yeah. who I should not talk to at all. At all. Yeah. And instead, they're, well, what what are you doing to find this person who is most likely going to try to kill somebody? Um, but I let that go pretty quickly because yeah. I was having a good time. And I knew something was going to happen. And then the, 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 the rise, the big moment is, of course, this juxtaposition of Dax and Cisco chucking the tribbles out of the wood it's bin. It's beautiful, isn't it? And, and them hitting Kirk in the face. And that was... That was really, really fun. But the yeah, for, for sure, the biggest laugh for me was Worf uh, explaining Klingons mm-hmm. and then the the bar fight again and just the joy of seeing O'Brien being, you know, berated by Kirk. That was, it was so I think, great. the highlight for me, for sure. And then he has an excellent <laughs> at Cinema Sins moment where he walks out and he's like, of all the people in the room, he talks to me. <laughs> yep. You got pretty <laughs> yep. unlucky, buddy. But yeah. the way they put uh, Bashir and um, O'Brien in that lineup is so impressive. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's it looks so, so seamless. Good. It's really, there's really a, well done. There's a shot where, you know, Kirk is talking to, um, I think it's their doctor, the one that had the bruise thing on his face that we talked about last week uh, from the Chekhov. originals. Chekhov. Okay, yeah. so he's talking to Chekhov. And the way that it's framed is you have Kirk kind of standing side face to camera Mm -hmm. and a little bit of the shoulder of the person wearing the red uniform is in front of his body. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of that person is behind his body and it's face on to Chekhov. And in this case, they replaced that person with Mm O'Brien. But I'm wondering if they actually had like the front half was the original person and Mm -hmm. the back half where we see O'Brien's face. That stuff fascinates me. Like, of course it took forever. It had to look perfect because yeah. it could have looked like shit easily. so easily. Easily. Yeah. And lots of people have written about it. Like, I would recommend... We're not doing a huge amount of behind the the scenes stuff because there have been many articles written about it. But I would go out there and read up on it because the how they pulled, like, the sets together, the editing yeah. together is... This was an ordeal well i liked too that they zoomed in on kirk whenever he sits on the triple and then he mashes the button on his console Mm -hmm. because i'm pretty sure that the one we watched before was a more zoomed out version of the bridge Mm -hmm. because i couldn't see what he was mashing yes and this time i saw that everything in the tos is just it's just just a big square <laughs> solid yellow panel a yeah. big square solid thing. green thing yeah. like it's so geometrical pattern and just one color it on his little button masher it's just a big square a big green thing. button yeah so it, it really makes me understand how much maybe easier i'm gonna say the word easy and it's not easy please nope. don't think the how much easier it is to recreate it whether for this show um well that in that moment it was actually from the original series imagery but for the people who have recreated it, that we're just researching that one production company that's remade the bridge. 
Mm, well, yeah. You just have to find a big square Lego and you're good. Yeah, just go for it. Um, There was an article that I read that said the stuff that they used to build the set in in the 60s was super cheap it would be like everything was under five bucks but to recreate it in the 90s cost thousands of dollars because they don't make that shit anymore and they were just hey that's in a thrift store let's pick it up and put it on the bridge and it just it was so expensive to recreate some of those sets it's just amazing it's so worth it Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, I super, super had a good time. I think it was really fun also to use this as a Deep Space Nine episode because I think this was a good way to be introduced to the vibe of these characters. It honestly is. In the last one, it was a bit more serious because it was like a wharf Mm. wedding and everything kind of seemed really serious. This one was fun and the lightness of their relationship kind of shone through. Mm -hmm. Um you know, you've got this kind of Cisco person who's maybe not entirely by the books, but he is in like a kind of a cool cash way. Yeah. I don't know. It was interesting to try to get to know him. Um, O'Brien, though. O'Brien and Worf. I could watch those two all day long. Uh, O'Brien and Bashir? O'Brien no, and Worf. Worf? When were they Anything, interacting? They, they, they didn't. That's But that's when I would perk oh, up. Just like, oh, just right, them. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're, they were great additions to Deep Space Nine. I mean, pulling O'Brien in from day one was genius. Um and having Worf jump in is so much fun. It's interesting that like the Bashir and O'Brien kind of barbing relationship. They like O'Brien hates Bashir in the first couple of seasons. And Bashir is just consistently there, just like, I'm gonna be your best friend. I'm gonna be your best friend. And by now they are best friends. And they are such a interesting duo together. They have so many fun episodes. There was that beat where they're trying to scan some stuff. And an actual ensign comes from the corner. Why are you here? You know, and aren't you a doctor? Why are you scanning? And mm-hmm. they have to make something up. Maybe I, I, I don't know how that felt to make it. I don't know if they had a little bit of ad lib openness or something, mm. but you could feel that it was O'Brien like, yeah, buddy, how are you going to get out of this one? <laughs> yeah, and then good luck, my Bra- friend. Brashears? Bashir. 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 Bashir says, like, yeah, you know, I'm here for a mental health break, right? And <laughs> yeah. that you can kind of see they're both almost okay with getting each other into trouble because they just have this barbing relationship. Uh-huh. They should and be far more can... concerned considering the relationship oh, yeah. they're, they're in. I do love O'Brien when he pulls the thing, just going to pull this down. And you know what? We're just going to leave it right where it was because that's where it needs to be. Yeah, it was. They have a really great comedic timing, and yeah. they just sit in the silence a bit. O'Brien didn't jump in and try to explain anything. He's just watching his buddy go. Yeah, what are you going to talk about? And yeah, I, move I, on. I, don't know, I really matter. enjoyed that. As long as and you don't get can, arrested, I can feel that relationship with Cisco as well, uh, with Dax, where they've known each other for a while. Like when, when Cisco said something about old man was when I remembered that Dax is like this reincarnated being or something, you know, like this host person who's been yeah. around for, and I, I kind of remembered part of it, but was, oh yes, 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 yes. yes. She's okay. had multiple bodies. Yeah. You're horny for a reason. Yes. <laughs> She's been around a lot. <laughs> so when the episode kicks off, we start with the Department for Temporal Affairs agents turning up. What was going through your head? Like when they turn up and you're like, what's, What's going on here? Why are they here? What are we? What are we doing? Mm, I, I think, I think it's, it's a really, really fun way to frame the episode. It's a great way to start the episode, you know. But not knowing, mm-hmm. it, my note was literally. I'll read it to you. 
old men in a department of temporal investigations. Boy, they look boring. <laughs> but but don't worry, Cisco has an interesting mug. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. mug. Um, and then I wrote down something about like put down baseball. I remember baseball was important. Like so, these are just my my weird ones. Mm-hmm. They want the truth. They, uh, why did you go back in time? And then I realized they're there because, you know, they're like part of an investigation and they're just the, they're the begrudged, uh, people who are forced to investigate and hear the same thing. And I kind of felt like if I was a Star Trek person, I would really like these characters because they sort of point out some frustrating, um, Mm. commonalities between episodes and they're kind of tired of hearing the same excuse over and over again. Like. I would have been the first to notice when I got back. So, ah, how many times have I heard that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, is I that a joke definitely... about time? I don't like those. Yeah, they were they were very picky. The disgruntled office workers who have to investigate time travel issues is kind of a fun thing. I um, love it yeah. so much because the fact that they're disgruntled and frustrated about something that's really really fun. So I can imagine that they're fed up of like these rogue captains like Janeway and Kirk, Picard and Cisco. They keep finding themselves accidentally meddling with time, something that they've trained for years and years and years to kind of get right and to monitor. And then these untrained people are just like meddling in time travel and then they have to go and map out what could have changed what happened what is different because of the things that they did and like what a frustrating job it genuinely must be it must be to pick up the pieces afterwards but i felt that they did a good job of only having them in in the right spots a little bit Mm, in the middle a little bit at the end and then we're moving on so this was a way to have an episode that's like uh, 17 hours earlier you know like but but without actually actually have to have that Yeah. yeah so we're kind of dropped into a moment trying to figure out what happened. And I think that would have been really fun to watch this not knowing what to expect for the first time. Yeah. Because you don't know that you're going back until that screen clears up and you see the Enterprise. So oh do you goodness. remember the first time that you watched this episode? Do you remember no. I how rem- it felt? I remember the feeling. So I'd watched Deep Space Nine before I'd watched the original series. So this didn't have... So we're talking like when I was 9, 10, 11. So this didn't have exactly the same impact. I watched TNG first, then Voyager, then Deep Space Nine, then the original series. But I can only imagine what it, how cool it must have been after 30 years of, of being kind of off the air to have the original, the Enterprise, appear on screen. And that dramatic reveal is so good. It's so, so fun. But I remember yeah. being fixated on the Klingons um mm. but i don't remember specifically the enterprise turning up but it's i like that they didn't mess with it they just used the original footage i did too i like that they used a lot of the original footage and i had an opportunity to add my helicopter noises what you did, did you think of that yep incredible yeah, that helicopter was, noise i love it um would have been really really fun i i feel like the tension of like uh, the characters attempting to hold back their excitement oh to goodness. go in. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was like that was really we're powerful. they're all very calm about being a hundred years in the past. It's like it's fine. We'll get back home. Not not to worry. It's fine. I do love in that moment how the TOS theme morphs into the Deep Space Nine theme. I'm Ooh, always listening out for the score, and when the Enterprise appears on the screen, you get the bum 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 bum, and then it just kind of moves into the Deep Space Nine score after that. Oh, I love it when they do that stuff. It gets to me. Oh, 
Um, well, hit me with some questions, Ambassador. Anything lingering? Um, my question is: In what universe can you call your Captain Benjamin? Like, is this a normal mm. thing on this episode, or yes, is she just a terrible person? No. So Dax and Cisco have an interesting relationship. That is, it, their entire arc is really, really fun. So, um, Jadzia's previous host, Curzon was a mentor to Cisco while he was at the academy and as he was going up through the ranks. So he always refers to him as old man because he was his mentor, his guide. And so they kind of have that father-son relationship where he would call him Benjamin. Now Curzon dies and becomes Jadzia and Jadzia is now working underneath Benjamin but they're they're similar kind of ages so they're kind of on the same level. So it's just this- Jadzia? Jazir is the lady. Jazir Dax. Oh, oh, okay. So Dax is Jazir. I remember that now. Okay. Yeah. So Dax I, is. I hear the... you, DS9 fans, screaming at me. I hear you. Dax is the, the symbiote, and Jazir is the current host. And Curzon was the previous host, who was this old man who guided Benjamin. So they have this really familiar thing be- between them. So that's why Jazir gets away with calling him Benjamin. But does Jazir. Does Dax realize it's a dick move? I don't think it's a dick move. I think he, she's earned that. And Benja, I think Cisco would tell her if he didn't but like it. Listen, and this is just a personal preference. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just talk for a second. When you have worked for your lifespan to earn a title of mm-hmm. some kind, like doctor or captain, mm-hmm. and you're not called that, I just feel like it's very disrespectful. So, Depending so, on who's doing it, yeah. So, for example, I, I have a friend of mine, but whenever I see her in public, I call her doctor so that there is just this, like, I say, hello, doctor so-and-so, mm-hmm. even though I know her first name, I could text her right now. We, Interesting. We could hang out, right? But that is when I'm in public. Now, when we're in private, and, and actually recently we had a we had a chat, we were had a meeting with somebody. We were talking about some ideas, and I was doing some consulting on some stuff, and there was another person in the room. And, um, and it was like, a, we were all going to be collaborating together for a while. And so I asked her, I said, do you want me to call you Dr. So-and-so, or do you want me to call you your first name and gave her that option? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if and I guarantee Dax and Cisco have had the same discussion. Can you guarantee it? I'm sure they have. And Is I think more record? often than not, it happens in private. She does like, she does address him as captain. But okay. in those more personal moments, she says Benjamin. And he would shut her down. Like, Cisco would have no problem saying, you call me Captain. And I'm sure there's an occasion where she fucks up. And this he's is my like, point. I'm Captain now. This is my point. I just want to know, because I'm having no context of course. for this. So, so I'm watching her like, wow, that seems really disrespectful. Now, if they've conversed about it, and he's yeah. like, yep, not only is it okay that you call me Benjamin, but everybody in the crew knows they can't call me Benjamin. Mm-hmm. It's a specialty thing. That still upsets me a little bit, like a little yeah. bit of special privilege. But, you Perhaps. know, the same... I don't know. It just feels a little bit out of place to me, but that's part I get of it. There's a little me bit, being like, dropped into this world. Picard wouldn't let that fly, for sure. Like, And I think that's what we're used to, the very strict military aspect. But there's a lot of Cisco that begrudges Starfleet for a lot of uh, reasons. So I Is think he Starfleet? He, He's, he's Starfleet. Starfleet. Yeah, he's okay. 100% Starfleet. But he begrudges Starfleet for a number of reasons. Is the space station a Starfleet space station? Technically, yes. So the okay. space station is built by the Cardassians. 
and they were using it to occupy and to mine Bajor. When they were kicked off, um, Starfleet were allowed in to kind of protect the Bajorans from another invasion happening. So they run it with the Bajorans. It's a joint operation, but Cisco is in command. Okay. So I'm I am then meant to assume that everything is okay. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. I get it though. It is jarring. Like if it's you don't weird. know any of that background, like but then Beverly does it to Picard. Beverly calls him Jean Luc. I didn't I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I don't like it. I like when it's that familiarity, it's, isn't when it? There's it's a time not and place on the break. Like if 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 it's like we're working, it just feels like there's just this like elevated. I'm I'm in my position. I've got yeah. my title. Let Let's just say about my personality. Mm-hmm. If I had a title, I would want people to call me that title in certain situations, certain circumstances, and situations. And mm-hmm. and then Danae is fine in others, but. I think it would just, I think it, I, I like to know sometimes I'm in boss mode and sometimes I'm in chill mm-hmm. mode. And if, yeah. and a name kind of helps you know where you're at, but that was yeah. a casual scene anyway. They were sort of like, yeah. he even said he was halfway home and he was starting to relax. So maybe yeah. that was the vibe it they were trying to It definitely is situational and not everybody would do it. And I, I genuinely think that he would probably feel uncomfortable with her calling him captain the entire time. Cause like, she still has the memories of Curzon and all of those other people. So that status thing is probably a little bit unnecessary. I was like, dude, you taught me everything I know. Don't call me captain unless it's crunch time. Okay. But yeah, it's an interesting point. And it is okay. a deliberate difference that distinguishes her from the rest of the crew for sure. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. I think everybody yeah. has different opinions. But on a show where I'm used to seeing the captain being called the captain, that was like, wait, mm-hmm. who's a Benjamin? Why? Who's a Benjamin? Is that a new? Is that, is that a what? new rank? Is, is Benjamin ben- a rank? Yeah. <laughs> um, Benjamin, I did have <laughs> Benjamin Cisco as a rank. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Picard. <laughs> Any other burning questions? I I wrote one down early in my notes, and it was just my Klingon is going to see human Klingons. What is Worf going to do? But that actually yes, answering it itself, happened. which was really fun. Can you imagine if he, they didn't address it. That would no, be so frustrating, wouldn't it? It would have been. Yeah. yeah. I think that was one of my most burning questions was trying to figure that particular part out so yeah we can we can move on now <laughs> well i really there's a really cool touch where they brought back the um the same actor to play uh darvin um yeah. i had his name when he's run away uh charlie brill so same actor that played the original administrator that was doing the dodginess they brought him back um to play the same character again that's just a really really cool touch it really, really is. It's fun to be able to pick a character that is connecting them back to that time as well. Mm. Um, there was, and there's just really quirky references too uh, that I'm just now remembering when they realize that he's a Klingon in disguise. Someone's like, "Wow, they've done really good with their alterations." Mm. But I forgot <laughs> that the Klingons looked human until we got kind of further in the episode and was yeah. remembering what I was about to see. So. It's really, yeah. really interesting because they would they would assume a lot more work was done than had actually been done. Oh, I did have another question. So go for it. Um, there were seventeen temporal violations from Captain Kirk, the yes. menace, as these mm-hmm. people called. Is that be? Are, there's a couple times that those old guys, the the temporal people, mm-hmm. um, were seeming to mention some stuff that was like super inside. There was a correction about sixteen or seven. No, 
six or seven enterprises, something like that. Like they corrected themselves. Yeah, there have and been that's five enterprises purpose. and then no, there's actually six. Yeah. So is is that a deep reference that I would be missing? So I've thought about this as well because Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, the TV show, hadn't happened yet. And because it's a prequel, it kind of messes with the numbering a little bit. So in theory, you've got the Enterprise, Kirk's one. You've got the Enterprise A, the Enterprise B, C, D, which is uh, which is Picard's Enterprise. That's five. And at this point, the Enterprise D has been blown up because Worf, that happens before Worf joins oh. Deep Space Nine. And so, that's like the incident that we don't talk about. No, no, no. We we know that the Enterprise D blew up. We know that. But we the don't Enterprise, know how. We right? do know how. We do know how. It's oh. the Enterprise E that Worf blew up and we don't know how. That's the one. That's, that's the one. The one. That's, yeah. So so <laughs> Worf is like the guy that they just put stuff underneath and they stoop under the rug. Like, yeah, exactly. We don't talk about yeah. tribbles. We don't talk about that. We don't 100%. talk about Klingons and what they look like. And we don't talk about this shit blowing up. <laughs> yeah, I there's love three. It. <laughs> so I, get, I think the, 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 the six was either because they had a feeling that Enterprise was going to be in the works, or it's because the Enterprise E is currently under construction. And I don't think it's been built yet. And I think they don't count the Star Trek Enterprise Enterprise because it was an NX. So when, when you, this is so nerdy, when you're an NX-01 or an NX something, you're an experimental ship. So you're not officially named so in theory when you move from an nx to an ncc the name of the ship could potentially change so when they say five or six and they count however many enterprises there have been they don't count the nx's <laughs> which is how we get away with enterprise breaking canon a little bit <laughs> that'll make sense like, in a few years yeah so they're just they're writing the script out and then there's future knowledge of what's coming out and they're having this yeah. exact conversation and so they just write in five no six uh -huh. because they are time travelers too so it's kind of a funny uh -huh. thing that they could do that so and yeah that was another contact, question I, had. I don't think first contact has come out yet but they know it's happening so i think that oh, five okay. slash six was to cover their necks because they know there's another enterprise on the way got it woof <laughs> okay next question yes how does somebody wipe the transporter logs after they beam oh we'll get into the sins if you want to do that okay that's right Let's in the sins um right. yeah i don't think i have anything else to go over actually i love this episode so much actually i love the ending in particular like like how do you end an episode like this and it's just beautiful to have odo just pondering his fuck up <laughs> like <laughs> huh, i guess we have tribbles now and just the That's slow true. pan out it's such a beautiful ending it really is because it's kind of a nod to the whole the first one where someone just wants to have the cute cuddly thing but mm -hmm. poor wharf right poor he, he doesn't want to be on that he immediately gets a transfer he's like this is why he's on the enterprise e for first contact <laughs> because he's like nope fuck those tribbles how much better of an ending would it have been if it slow pans out of the 10 forward area or the bar or whatever, mm -hmm. and it kind of goes down the hallway through a door and you just see Worf putting on his battle gear. And oh, that would weapon. be brilliant. Oh my <laughs> goodness. If it's just, we're, we're all heading to, we're all heading to the promenade to, to go and meet Quark, and he's just like getting his gear and bat on. That would be amazing. Oh. Just ends with him running through the ship. 
Oh, that's amazing. And it's kind of the same ending as the original episode because the Romulans are in a similar... Uh, the Klingons are in a similar situa- situation um, where they'll walk into their engine room and suddenly find a ton of They're tri- gonna, uh, triples. Any, any Klingon is going to... Well, actually, I'm trying to... Like, in my imagination, would there be Klingons more than Worf on the deep on Deep Space Nine? Or oh, is Worf yeah. still, like, the... Exception. Oh, okay, got it. Um, I don't know exactly what the Klingons are doing at this point in the season. They they switch sides a couple of times, but yeah, there's no reason for there could be other Klingons on Deep Space Nine. Okay. Yeah. Because I got the impression that there was Klingon trouble in the Deep Space Nine timeline of some kind before going back in time got it. and well, there having was, that got trouble. It. There is a war going on at the minute between the Federation and the Cardassians and the Klingons okay. are working with Starfleet. So I think okay. that's what they're talking about. Like there's that he's stranded on Cardassia because they've been attacked by every okay. they're getting attacked by everyone at the minute. Okay. Anyway, I still think that Worf needs to be like just coming out in all of his battle gear and just murdering fuzzballs. Yeah, just absolutely ready. He has a he has a purpose. Um, yeah, absolutely love that episode. It's a great anniversary special. It's a beautiful piece of just TV technology as well. It was great. Um, yeah, I love that you had a good time with it. It's a historical episode for sure. Okay, Ambassador, before we get into the sinning, we won't spend much time on it. I promise I will protect your brain. How many pips out of four for Trials and Tribulations? Four pips! Four pips, yes! Um, Pip, pip, hooray! (laughs) For me, it's a four pipper as well. Um, Yes, some of like the plot stuff is a bit droopy, but it's such a fun episode. The level of difficulty is through the roof. It goes down in history as an incredible, incredible episode. Four pips out of four. Having said that, it of course has sins. So let's head over to engineering. Battle stations, everyone. Red alert. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV shows about sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Ambassador, you go first. Okay, I think the one that made me most upset is the one that I'm going to start with. And it is just the absolute batshit, non-scientific way that they're searching for that bomb. It, it's the, the, incredible. When they're in the this on the space station and Odo is just like, scan Chuck, scan Chuck, scan Chuck. I'm just like, this is... This is a te- this is a terrible You've way. You've got to like, organize it's... them. How do you know you're not going to be <laughs> yeah. scanning that one again? Like, just, just chuck them out. Just no wonder funny. it's taking you so long. It's comedy. It, I mean, it if it was if there wasn't an imminent explosion happening, then I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more because it was just mm-hmm. haphazard. But I'm just watching everybody. Like people are chucking tribbles into each other's tribble pile. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's just. It's, just the, it's it's such an inefficient way of doing it. It's like the doing, remember in Lower Decks when they're doing the isolinear chips all uh, in the same room and they're scanning all of them. I, I now feel like that was a nod to how they scan the dribbles. Yes. Um, in that moment as well, there is some utter nonsense. Like the reason that they have to scan them one by one is because it's a very specific signature. Until Dax and Cisco go into the storage compartment, storage compartment, and they, they, she said, oh, I'm picking up a tricobalt signature. It's around here somewhere. What do you mean it's around here somewhere? That means Odo and Worf could know that it's around here somewhere or know or that not. it isn't around here somewhere yeah. and mm-hmm. stop scanning. Like yeah. the whole point is that you can't do a vague scanning thing. You have to get specific. Ah, just science changing for tension. 
my my next big sin is it kind of undermines the original episode because in the original episode there is there is security mm. all over those wheat bins. Yes. But now we have Cisco and Dax just like, you know, clunk 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 yeah. down inside of them and <laughs> No biggie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of I thought that they they would have had to have had a clever way of distracting the security team or something, but mm-hmm. we just kind of skipped over that part. But it was a really specific part of the last episode, which was like, don't question Kirk and his security team. They've got yeah. this under control, but they obviously don't. They're just roaming around touching really everything. Uh-huh. What? Well, and there is a little missed opportunity in that moment where I, back in the day, I thought that they might, or I was hoping that they would lock the door from the inside. And that's why Kirk can't get into it. Because we never really know why that bottom storage bin is locked. Like the reason for the story is that we want all of the tribbles to fall on Kirk. We don't really know why he can't open it. And I was really hoping that Cisco uh, would like remotely lock the door so that he has to get to the open one. Can you just imagine him pushing against the side and Kirk's trying mm-hmm. to open it? So, yeah, yeah, it would have been beautiful. It, yeah, that was a really fun one. Yeah, um, it would be great. I also, there was quite a few sins for me at the, at the very end, so I'll just mm, stay kind of on it. those. So they find the bomb, and Cisco says to lock on to his tricorder location and beam it into space. Yeah. But the tricorder has more than one surface. It doesn't just have what's on top of it. There's what's beside it. There's what's below it. But only one triple is yeeted out to space. Mm. I think it would have been more accurate to see the tricorder and every triple touching a surface <laughs> of it. Touching all of it. Beamed out yeah. to space. It's fine. They were all dead anyway. And then they just explode. Uh, so that was that was one of them. I don't know. I mean, they were all dead anyway. But I, I still think we would have had letters written in for killing imaginary triples in imaginary space. <laughs> I think that the people of Star Trek are prepared for those conversations. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's just, just the day job. One little disclaimer at the end. No triple mm-hmm. was harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> also, triples aren't real, you lunatics. Real. They're not, not real. Uh, it's still in the triple moment stuff is just the conven- convenient bomb timer, the ticking tock that gets to the end of the episode. There are so many better ways to do this. Like, just blow it up. Just forget the timer blow it up like you this was you he darwin set himself up for failure twice he just fluffed this so bad imagine going back in time having all the information about how everything happened all of the timing you delete your own transporter trace somebody drops a time orb on your lap and you're just like i get to use this and go back in time he's done the hard part the easy part is killing kirk and changing the timeline and he fucks it and it just it's he has to mess it up because he can't win but it's just unbelievable he should have won the bad guy should have won yeah he had all of the advantage yeah although it was really clever that he sees him in the distance in the fight behind his actual character yes that that was was really really cool that must have been so weird to see on screen like the actor to watch that uh, such a wild wild thing your turn. Um, my next one is also in that moment that the explosion wasn't noticed by the Enterprise in space. I think that that would be Not something questioned. that they would have picked up. Not right? questioned. Like, or the Klingons didn't question it and just like, what are you doing, Nobody. Enterprise attack? Right. The, yeah. I understand that. I think the defi- Defiant was cloaked the whole time. Yeah, the Defiant is cloaked. Okay. Yeah, convenient cloaking device. Yeah. But the explosion wasn't cloaked. Nope. And it seemed like it was pretty 
close definitely yeah. in scanning range i mean they have scanners yeah. that scan for so so long so that there's this explosion in space and nobody nobody sees it oh uh, yeah but bit. the enterprise scanners have a gap in them which is my next sin the convenient scanning gap there's always in star trek some cycling thing so the shields either do like this power cycle the scanners do a power cycle and that always allows a gap for us to beam through so, so yeah just a what did what kind of cliche did i call that it was yeah gap in the sensor cycle cliche um allows o'brien and everybody to beam in um i did not buy the ending with the temporal agents very very well oh what just being okay with it yeah yeah i'm with you there because there's a chance that kirk would have been interested in cisco beyond just that exchange instead of it feeling like more of a handshake from a fan like from a lieutenant to the beloved captain it could have been like who was that guy bring up his bring up his client like bring up his file you know it could have done all kinds of things that would be really different like it could have sent them on a mission to figure out who that person was it could have yeah accidentally started an incident now of course this became like a moby dick thing that kirk never let go of yeah and and they're super casual about it because they understand the desire to meet a hero Mm. but that's directly against that that is breaking the rule intentionally rather than accidentally and the premise of this episode was that there was accidental breakage (laughs) first but then there's intentional both with the triples being taken and then also with kirk being talked to and i just felt like the agents were just like you know what we're gonna let this one pass which maybe they didn't want to do the paperwork i don't know i just <laughs> no, seemed like it was a little paperwork. bit of reach that's yeah. happening so that that leads very nicely into my biggest sin and it's just time travel like it's the misunderstanding of the butterfly effect cause and effect and how shit works like the conversation that O'Brien and um, Bashir have with that engineer, they have altered the path of his day. He was supposed to go down there, interact with the panel, do things. Cisco talking to Kirk on the bridge, Kirk shrugging at Dax. Like, every single thing that they do, there, there's, there's two options here. Either what they do is a risk, which means it's changing things imperceptibly in ways that you can't understand or measure which makes the temporal agency kind of pointless. Or it already happened that way. So it was always meant to happen. They were always meant to go back in time. They were always there. That's just how time works, which means you also don't need a temporal agency looking after it because time happens how time was always supposed to happen. So yeah, you're either mad about it or you're or you're not. And that's the, the tricky thing with time travel is you can't change things you just you wouldn't perceive it like when when cisco says if anything had changed when we got back myself and my crew would have been the first to notice it no you don't know that you don't know how changing the timeline will affect you when you come back or it just blips you out of existence and this never happened like and they just accept his excuse they're just like i hate it when they say that as if it's the get out of jail free card so it's time travel's squiffiness it is yeah it's um, fun, but it's not going to make sense. This probably could have been a question, but it's a. It was originally a sin kind of thought, mm. which is so the episode ends with another triple invasion. Is that ever solved? Because that's another big problem, right? Like no, triples are just chilling la- out. The last time this problem was solved because they shoved them all in a Klingon vessel and started a war incident. That at least yeah. we think. Um, 
this time, what are they going to, what are they going to do? Like what happens when Worf comes around the corner? Like they, they don't show any of that. No, are we going to have an episode of a new season of Star Trek that does the same thing on this episode and goes back to the deep space oh nine goodness. episode and picks up and solves the triple problem because we need a solution here. This I actually can't think be it would the end be, of the triples. I actually think it would be harder because of how like cramped the Deep Space Nine set was. Like one of the articles I read said that the gift was that the bridge of the the original Enterprise was so like wide open, it made putting people in places a lot easier because there was the space to do it. Um, I think it would be so hard to do on Deep Space Nine, but I would love it. Like, the, I mean, you get Lower Decks to do it, don't you? You get them to go back in time and fix the triple problem, but we have no idea. Like, we we never return to that, uh, how they clean up the promenade. And I imagine Quirk, uh, Quirk yeah. I imagine Cork makes an absolute bank of money selling those yeah. triples. That was my first thought was that Quirk would have used it to have some sort of enterprise like the peddler or the, yeah. the traveling merchant from the original one. Mm -hmm. So yep very true that's a classic one episode memory that that often happens in star trek um so you had one about the transporters um my only note about the transporters was uh well i guess now they're in the pattern buffer <laughs> way too early you know yeah. they're tr they're they're there um that was the one that i wrote down but then the other one that you're talking about yeah is this idea that the guy beams out and then erases his thing from a different location and i'm like how often does this happen in this series or in in this world yeah it's just very convenient that you can erase your signature from a third another location that seems you, like a big sin to me but you have these villains that are godlike in their ability to initiate plans that outwit people so he manages to calibrate the time orb perfectly to get them to exactly the point that they need to get to does the transporter shenanigans disables the cloak covers his trails beautifully gets this tribble makes the bomb puts it in place sets everything up and like i said earlier fucks it at the final hurdle on some really basic shit so yeah big big sin like i get it maybe he's written a program that self-deletes he's had a hundred years to plan this so cool maybe I, I, maybe he's got a program that will self-delete his own transporter trace. Fine. But if you can pull all of that off, you should have crossed the finish line with this one, buddy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, I thought Odo was a weird person to have on K9. Like, there haven't been changelings around. Yeah. How did well, they like, expect to hide Warf. him? Or... Yeah, and Worf There's... as well. There wasn't really an, there's such a like casualness to them. And yeah. maybe it's because they're a space station. So it's like everyone is welcome. But you would think that there would be some kind of a protocol for registering yourself whenever just, you yeah. enter a space like that and like registering anything about you so that if something happens, there's at least an understanding of how to administer medication or something. I don't yeah. know. It's just, it's, I know they've snuck onto the ship, so they've probably skipped that part of it, but it still seems risky. Like, <laughs> just leave them on the Defiant. Just let the four of you deal with it. It's not worth the risk of some of one of the Klingons popping off Worf's hat and being like, oh, we used to look like that. What the hell is going on here? Um, that's a huge, huge risk. Yeah, it is yeah. a huge risk. But if we didn't have him on then we wouldn't have had those lovely interactions with the Tribble and so all of the crew wondering why Worf looks different. And that different. was one of my favorite 
part. Oh, wouldn't swap it. Absolutely wouldn't swap it. Um, I think your turn. I think I'm probably done. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Brian and Bashir survive calling, telling Worf that he smells like lilac. Maybe he does. Maybe he smells like lilac. Yeah, but even if he does, you wouldn't tell him that. <laughs> I don't think they would. I don't think Killingons want to smell like lilacs. Um, I had one last silly one, which was I don't oh. believe Kirk wouldn't have seduced Dax as soon as she he saw her. <laughs> right. Uh. Um, that also like a silly one-off one for me was at the beginning when they were joking about oh just next time you see Worf, uh, tell me smells like a lilac. Yeah. I wrote down stop fucking with my Worf. <laughs> Leave him alone. He's my man. <laughs> that can't end well, right? <laughs> of course not. No, you're gonna. Uh, that ends with you in sick bay and Worf like in the brig. You, you get broken legs. You're gonna have a hard time picking up your teeth with broken fingers. Is what Worf would say. Um, well, that's an amazing episode. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, Danae. Like, it's such a. It's probably one of the best back-to-back episodes you can do, where you yeah. really appreciate yeah. diving back in and seeing all of the care and and love that oh I put my into God. it. It was perfect. I would rec. I think I would recommend this combo mm. to just about anybody, e- yeah. even if you've never seen TOS or Deep Space Nine. It's just a fun, like little back to back, and you really don't need a lot of context for no. either of them. I don't think. And it gives you such a fun introduction to both eras of Star Trek, the TOS and the TNG era. Um, yeah, I I love it so much. Now. That leaves us with what we're going to do next week. And honestly, I'm torn in a few different directions. So I'm going to ask you, Danae, I have options for both of these. Do you want to stay in uh, the original series and just go and do another the original series episode? This is going to be one that kind of ties into Strange New Worlds-ish. Or... Do we want to go into a TNG episode that kind of ties into TOS? Neither. Okay. Give me an episode. I want a furry fuzzy creature episode. You want a furry fuzzy creature episode? We've talked about this. I want this season to Ah, be about creatures. Uh, Well, I don't know that it has to be furry. Just creature episodes. If you're going to show me something from TOS, it's got to be the Gorn episode. But that was going to be my next episode. Well, then that's what I want to do. Okay, then next week we're going to do Arena, which is the classic Gorn episode (laughs) of TOS. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just want to see Kirk fight a lizard. That's all I want. That's exactly what's going to happen next week. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, Thanks for joining us. The the stuff. Send us an email. Captainspod at cinemasins.com Join us on Twitter at CaptainspodCS We'll be live next week potentially friday twelve thirty cst potentially uh, is there something going on i don't know about no, or are they quit. quitting the show um cinema sins <laughs> twitch um twitch.com no twitch.tv slash cinema sins live do all of the things go watch danae do some stuff on monday as a character in a western thing um and until next week you're amazing and uh i'm captain ian and i smell of lilacs <laughs> i'm a doctor not a historian <laughs> Live long and Potspur. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she can't still can't can't say the words because I can't get the sentence out. <clears throat>
<laughs> oh my god, it's an eye zoom! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was amazing! <laughs> Are they gonna be in the debriefing? <gasps> Are they gonna be in there with Kirk when Kirk asks them? Are they? I can't see you because I'm watching it. <laughs> oh yes! 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 <laughs> They're gonna go in there, aren't they? Are oh, <laughs> so funny! <laughs> I fucking love this. They're in the bin when this happens. This is so funny. Are they the ones throwing them? Oh my god! What if they're the ones that are chucking them out? <laughs> It is. He is. Check. <laughs> That's the origin story we needed. Oh, my God. Just to kind of kick off the random chat before we start the show. Um, I had delicious food. My mother brines a turkey and she did it all at my house this year. So she brought all this stuff over, compiled it in the kitchen and put the turkey into the oven. Um which then needed, we had to take out like one of the inserts of the, 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 the racks of the oven. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, we didn't know where to put it. So we put it outside on the back porch on the concrete floor where it stayed outside in the weather on the back porch until yesterday I brought it in. So that's kind of how the last couple of weeks has gone for me is literally forgetting that part of my kitchen was outside. Have the dogs just been peeing on it? Thank you. Yeah, probably. Well, they, okay. This just tells you how much I don't go outside. <laughs> so the past couple of weeks, since it's been put out there, obviously, the pups will stand at the top of the deck and look down. I have like maybe six stairs that go down onto the, like the patio area mm -hmm. out back. And they'll just stare down and then they'll yeah. look over at the door and then they'll look down. And I've been so frustrated with them. Like I open the door and I'll get say, get out and piss. That's what I'll say. I get frustrated. Like guys, let's go. It's time to pee. Get down there. Do your shit. Have a shit. Come <laughs> back inside. Come on. Well, I don't have all day because here's what they do. They go over. They want to get let out. They go out. They immediately come back inside. And like four minutes later, they want to go back out yeah. again. So, Dogs. I need them to focus. I need them to concentrate, get their stuff done, and get back inside. But really, for two weeks, they've been saying to me, there is a massive piece of metal at the base of the stairs blocking 90% yeah. of our pathway. I don't want to walk on that. Bitch. Yeah, you, I Please. often call you a bitch. Your dogs often do that. They do. Well, technically, in dog terms, I would be, right? <laughs> yes, technically correct. You are technically correct. The best type of correct. Um, I am going to start a, um, <clears throat> we're going to start an ongoing story. My parents have very kindly, we don't usually do like a lot for Christmas presents or birthday presents or whatnot, but my parents have said this Christmas, we would like to get you a 3D printer. They know I've been oh, asking for it or my God. like pay towards a 3D printer. So okay. they said, when you get some free time, do the research. Yeah. Uh -huh. find the bee's knees find the one that you want and then oh, we'll go no. in on it together we're <gasps> gonna get you a 3d printer we're gonna make it happen do they know that they're very very expensive 
Uh, I've given them ballpark figures. So the one that I would like is around the seven hundred and fifty to a thousand dollar mark. It's in that that kind of bracket for. I mean, the Jeez. top end ones you can like spend as much as you want. You can what pick you... up a cheapy one for like two hundred dollars. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna, what are you gonna do with this thing? I'm gonna print stuff, Danae, <laughs> three dimensionally. <laughs> Specifically, I'm going to make Star Trek things, okay? This should not be a surprise. <gasps> oh, my not God. Not the derp prize. Oh, come on. I want to do the derp prize so bad. Nobody is going to do a 3D rendering, di uh, di um, what's the word? Um, not diagnostic. Schematic Diagram? for that ship. It's not going to happen. Why? Because it's shit. <laughs> But that's why it would be so funny is no. you could pr you could 3D print the Derper Prize and then there wouldn't just be one. There would be, many. <gasps> there would be many. A fleet of Derper Prizes. Uh -huh. And it becomes less special the though. Future And the future is that our, our fans, if we have any still after this episode... <laughs> They will, they will want one. They will get one. <gasps> we can put like little, we can drill a little, like a little eye hook into them and string, string to them. And then they could be Christmas ornaments. Once a year, we release a Captain's Pod Christmas ornament and we'll eventually outmarket Hallmark. Yeah. So here's the beginning of the journey. I now have to start some research. And as the weeks and years go on, I will update you with what I'm landing on. I welcome, I'm, I say this because I welcome feedback from the community. If anyone out there has a 3D printer, has experience with them, let me know what your experience is. Because I know the first big problem is, is what it, that I'm going to have is like some are better for models and some are better for like landscapes. Like if you're doing D&D &D stuff. Like oh. it varies between if you're doing fine detail or big stuff. Okay. So what I definitely know that I'm going to be using this for is nerdy Star Trek stuff, CinemaSins branded stuff. It's going to be things that I want to make in the nerdy realm. So we will see how the research continues. So wait until Iris realizes that I can print her toys. Oh my God. <laughs> On the way to school a couple of days ago was describing a toy she wanted for Christmas it was a Pegasus that essentially is a basically a, a, a live Pegasus, but that she can use as a remote <laughs> control somehow like with articulated wingspan. Mm -hmm. And it can she wants to get into genetics and bioengineer <laughs> a Pegasus. I'm just thinking like, this would be a fucking cool toy. She's right. How yeah. would somebody do it? Very, very expensively. Um, but yeah, she just essentially wants a little miniature Pegasus. So if she thought for one second that you could print her one, you're right. Oh, You'd be of in course, trouble. because like the, the one I want is the one that's like kind of good for D&D models. So you print mm. the wings, they pop into the body of the horse. Making oh, her okay. a Pegasus model wouldn't be tricky. Making it articulate and do shit? No. No. And that's the thing about, because I've gotten an articulated dragon before. Mm. So cool. Yeah. But they're not toys. They're They're just things to look at. No, they're action figures. Collectibles. <laughs> okay. So, yep, I'm, I'm going to be doing that. Happy to get feedback and people to do the research for me. That would be amazing. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Crowdsource my 3D printer. Way to use the audience appropriately there, Ian. Hell yeah. Well, hey, I'll make you make you all things. Okay, fine. You're, you're, no. You know what? Ian's asking how he can spend $1,000 on a toy that makes toys. It's not... God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to ask... It's a replicator, Danae. I'm going to ask, if I were to start my own podcast, what do you think I should do? And we'll see who gets more emails. Okay, cool.
I mean, I'm in control of the email account, so I can see where this is going to land. You can email me directly, Danae at cinemasins.com. No, I'm not putting that in. I'm just going to bleep it all. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to talk about in my brain because we've been in the show so long. Hit me. So you know how like on Mondays I play uh, the video game mm-hmm. and I stream yeah. um, as a character? Okay. I so badly want to do something where I'm answering people's questions like as if I'm some sort of guru of knowledge mm-hmm. of relationships and insight. I do have a gift for it. I'm just not certified mm-hmm. or qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that my I made my character that I play do something similar for the newspaper. Mm. So on this role play server that I do on Mondays, it's so fun. I hope you guys come to watch it sometime. My character is writing this article that will be put in the paper that's essentially ask me, you know, like, asking people to send in the dear abby yeah. kind of esque style that's so so that i can live out my dream through, vicariously through a character creation you could just stream every monday and have that be the thing that you do you don't you don't need wild rp to do that you could 100 uh, do that and people would tune in and have a live agony aunt show i want to do it are there any questions that you wouldn't answer like are you oh. like what would be your limits would you have to put like some parameters mm. on the questions that are asked no because i think there's a way to answer any question mm. it just wouldn't maybe be what the person wanted like let's say somebody wrote in and they had a question about a mathematical equation Fair. my answer would be like go fucking Google look it, it up yourself yeah. and that's not really a great answer but it would have to be my answer so i guess the premise would have to be like you have to be willing to have my answer to it Along with a massive disclaimer. It would very much show that they didn't know you. (laughs) If they were asking you a complicated math question, I was like, oh, you must be new to the chat. I'm sorry. I like this. All questions must begin. Dear Danae, I have a problem. (laughs) Even if it's not a problem. Yeah. yeah, That's just the beginning. It's it's just like, how do I make homemade laundry detergent? But you you make it a problem. (laughs) Well, I have a problem. I don't currently have any laundry detergent. (laughs) I smell. My clothing smells. Everything smells. Here's a question from Cameron. Dear Danae, I have a problem. How do I stop not wanting my charisma checks? Great question. Loaded dice. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's a great answer. Lots of people have suggested we do Balance of Terror, um, which is the TOS episode that ties in with Strange New Worlds. But do you remember anything about that final episode of Strange New Worlds from season one? You know, where they go back in, they go into the future and do the thing with the Romulans? I'm sorry. You're asking me to access uh-huh. a lot of information about uh-huh. Star Trek all at once, all of a yes. sudden. Okay, hold on. So we're going back to season one of Strange New Worlds, which Final is, episode. which predates TOS yes. that I just watched that also went to D- DS9, but yes. then we're back into the TOS, but not TOS. We're going forward to Strange New Worlds, but it's actually a new release, but it's not the newest because it's season one. Yes. It's the yeah. last episode of the season, and there's something about Romulans. Time travel. Which yeah. reminds me about Picard. So now I'm back in Picard nope. and I'm looking at her, his Romulan girl that just doesn't appear at all beyond that. Oh, and I, yes. I never got mm-hmm. to have an end to that one. So now I'm upset about that Romulan relationship with Sean Luke. I'm sorry, Jean Luke. I said it was too Shawnee. You sound like Sean, Sean Luke. It, 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 was, yeah. it, it was just, I had, I had phlegm in my mouth. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Sean. But that's not it at all either. Pike is visited from Pike in the future. Pike. Is- Hold on. Pike. Captain Pike. Is the captain. Okay, so that helps. Titles help sometimes. Okay. Benjamin Pike is. is <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 Hold on. I can. I can see him in my mind now. Okay. I've got. I've got Pike. 
and he's standing beside Mystique. Older. Go. Older. No. No, Jack. The oh, character which reminds that, me of the yes. Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah, this is fine. Goodness okay. me, Rebecca Rom Romjin, Remain, Rebecca Remain. That whatever it is. Anyway, okay. what was I saying? I don't know. Right, Captain Pike is visited by future Captain Pike in the red outfit, and he's like, "Hey, if you do this thing, then oh, you're going to oh, affect the yeah, future." Yeah, yeah. If you go save all the children, exactly. you're going you're gonna to kill the world. Which then prompts him into an episode of TOS where he's the captain instead of Kirk and he makes different decisions which changes the future. And they relive an episode of TOS. Now, what I was going to say is... They, they relive an episode of TOS? We have to watch that episode again, which oh, is why I'm not God, doing Balance why? of Terror. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> we did that entire thought experiment just so that you could explain the show we're not watching next week it was an excellent case in point people are asking why i'm not doing balance in uh, balance of terror and it's because danae wouldn't fully appreciate balance of terror because she can't remember the episode of strange new worlds that it ties into and that was a beautiful encapsulation of why i'm not doing balance of terror just yet Behind the scenes, the ending when Cisco meets Kirk was taken from the episode mm. Mirror Mirror. I wondered about that because yeah. it really didn't. It wasn't. A you didn't part remember that it. I remembered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This should probably be in the outtakes. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a really cool behind the scenes mm. thing. That yeah, they wanted that moment, um, and they just found another episode that they could pull it from where there was enough space on the screen, and it was just doing the same interaction and getting Kirk's line right. Like finding that scene on its own is a stroke of genius. Um, I also want this comment to be in the outtakes. This is something that Zink pointed out, which was, did we catch the names mm. of the temporal agents? That's really fun. Dolmer and Luxley, <laughs> which is a take on Mulder and Scully. <laughs> That's amazing. It's beautiful, which was obviously on the air at the same time. That's so fun. That's pretty yeah. funny. Well, yeah, and it makes sense. They were kind of like this ominous, you know, like mystery detectors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I tell you something? So years and years ago, I could not keep a straight face when I was telling jokes. I would smile. I, w I, I had too much fun with my own brain. And I couldn't like say something and not give away that I was already joking about it. Okay. I had to start practicing how to be like straightforward. And just say something. But then like know that I was being funny or sarcastic. But then I, I went, the pendulum swings too far. And people never knew whenever I was joking. Oh, no. So I've had to really work at yeah. it. And my answer to that is to say it and then immediately say that was a joke. That was a joke, yeah, to explain yourself. I'm sure there's going to be another evolution as time goes on because, you know what, I am an evolving person. I think that's a safe bet. I think that's how you should do it. You know, it's boring to stay the same all the time. <laughs> I would make a great Dax. <laughs> you would make a great Dax. Different hosts. Get some ridges mm -hmm. occasionally. Love it. Constant horniness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not recording. Oh!